welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money and beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Welcome back for another episode of the Thrive in Design podcast. I'm so happy to have you back. But if this is your first time listening, I'm happy to have you here for the first time. I am Nicola Ben, CEO of Thrive in Design and host of the Thrive in Design podcast. This show is more than just a podcast. Thrive in Design is also a design and innovation consultancy that helps interior product companies increase their brand awareness and revenue. I do this in a few different ways, but 2023 specifically, I have a specific focus on social selling and helping interior product companies integrate social selling into their sales strategies. So I'm super excited about that. The reason I bring up social selling right now is that if you haven't listened, the last few episodes, we've been talking about all things social selling. What is social selling? How can interior product companies leverage it? And we also talked about a specific social selling campaign that led to a few successes. So if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to episodes five and six, go back and listen to those and then come back to episode seven, what you're listening to now, and we'll start fresh and new. All right. So before we continue the conversation about social selling, I just want to take a moment of gratitude Because if you heard the announcement in episode two, I published a 90-day planner called The Ultimate Guide to A&D Sales. And what it essentially is, is a 90-day planner specifically designed for architecture and design sales reps in this interior design industry that we know so well to help them plan out their weeks, to strategically land specifications and exceed their sales goals. And when I launched it, Well, I should say when I created it, I actually published it back in November and I was super nervous to announce it to the world. And I finally got up the guts to announce it on episode two and have been sharing a bit of information on social media since then. And you guys are buying the workbook and I'm super excited. If you have not had the opportunity to get your copy or a copy for a fellow rep on your team, or maybe you're a sales manager, sales director, what have you and you have an employee that could use a 90-day planner to help them plan out their weeks, head to www.thriveanddesign.co slash brand dash reps. So I'm super excited about that. So shout out to all the people who have purchased their planner and have yet to purchase it. I'm super thrilled. And if you do have your planner, I would love to hear what you think. Of course, this was something that I designed From my experience and from training other reps in my career, but I also want to hear your feedback. How can I improve it? What do you love about it? How can I create other tools that you need to succeed? All right, so let's get into this episode. As I mentioned before, we've been talking about social selling in the last couple of episodes, and we're going to piggyback off of that in this one. So I'm going to run through a few scenarios in this episode, and I decided to make up a company name to make things make sense. And I didn't Google if this might be a real company name, so hopefully it's not. But in the different scenarios that I'll be running through today, 
we're going to reference ABC fabrics. Okay, so just keep a note of that. The one thing that has been coming up in regards to social selling is like, what if people are just anti-digital experiences? What if they are not into engaging with our company or our reps online? What if they are all zoomed out? And I hear you. I actually talked with a few designers recently who had those exact sentiments. But if you are working for an interior product company, don't get discouraged because there are still a few things that you can focus on when it comes to social selling, when it comes to digital physical experiences, when it comes to engaging people in a very unique and innovative way. So the three things that you can focus on when it comes to social selling, when you're trying to think about, oh my gosh, what about those people that are like anti-digital are one, messaging. Two is integrating digital tools in a way that's a little bit more discreet. And that kind of bleeds into the third thing of reimagining in real life experiences. And we're going to dive into that a little bit today. So that first thing that I just mentioned was messaging. As I did research for this episode, I came across this article from a company called Hinge Marketing. They published a blog post called Elements of a Successful Brand, Part 8, Messaging. And someone named Lee Fredrickson, PhD, actually wrote this. So I'm going to read a blurb from this article. And it says, Messaging provides the words that help customers and prospects understand a firm's value, why it's useful, and values what it believes in. It articulates the brand's promise and stimulates desire for a firm's services. Messaging can take various forms, a tagline, ad slogans, headlines, your sales pitch, but they all share a few common traits. Persuasive brand messages are always brief and convey critical aspects of a firm's brand. And they often intentionally oversimplify concepts that in reality may be complex and nuanced. This oversimplification is a good thing. However, because the goal of a brand is to be noticed, remembered, and desired, in an over-communicated world, the only way to get inside the minds of prospects is to whittle away at your message until it comes to a sharp point. You may leave some details on the floor, but the thrust will really drive home and stick. All right. I love that. I know I just said a mouthful. But let's go back to the example of the company that I made up a few moments ago, ABC Fabrics. How does messaging relate to ABC Fabrics? Coincidentally, as I was researching for this episode, I was also actually looking at a real fabric company whose name I won't share. And I was looking at their website and all of the things that they have shared online about their brand. And what I found was that, yes, they show their fabrics. Yes, they show the colorways that different collections came in, but the messaging was very unclear. For me, if I was an interior designer coming to that site, I needed to know some key information that would tell me if I was in the right place, right? So some questions for ABC Fabrics to think about in this situation was not just about showing the fabrics, showing the colorways, but to think about what types of fabrics do you provide? Is it woven? Is it leathers? Is it all the things, right? Is it shears? There are so many different types of fabrics. What types of fabrics do you provide? 
What industry are your fabrics perfect for, right? As we know in the interior design industry, yes, interior design is a huge umbrella, but there are several different verticals that fall under that. There's healthcare, there's education, higher ed, K through 12, there is hospitality, corporate design, you name it. And within each of those verticals, there are needs for fabrics that are different, right? In healthcare, you might need fabrics in certain situations that are antimicrobial. In hospitality, you might need fabrics, especially in a high traffic area, that are super durable, right? Because people are going to be sitting and standing and putting their luggage on chairs, you name it. So you have to ask yourself the question, what industry are your fabrics perfect for? And then where can your fabrics be used? I just touched on this a second ago, but it's another valid question. And then next, how is the information effectively shared with designers through different touch points? So if you're brainstorming about your messaging, what types of fabrics you provide, what industry is it good for, where can it be used, how can it be used? How do you then take all of that information and showcase it in a way that makes sense to the designer that is in collaboration with you? How do you take that information and then showcase that information on the different touch points that that designer has with your brand? And when I say touch points, it might be thinking about how you're showcasing that messaging through your website, your marketing materials, anything that goes into their library, how your reps are trained to share information about your products, what have you. So, and that's thinking about it in a 360 perspective. So it's super important to get clear on that messaging, no matter what, and then think about all the touch points that a designer has with your brand. And I talk more about this in the first season of this podcast when I talk about Ace the Journey, which is the Thrive and Design proprietary method. And I dig into touch points so much deeper on previous episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to that, please do. But yes, that's what I want to talk about today as it comes to messaging. Okay, so whether you're doing social selling or any other sales strategies, if the messaging isn't clear, then the sales strategies will not be effective or social selling itself also won't be effective. All right, so the next thing to think about is digital tools, right? So today we're talking about how you can really start to think about social selling or integrating digital experiences with your designers or digital first experiences with your designers if they're zoomed out. Okay, so the one thing to note here is that when you think of digital tools and you're thinking, okay, aren't people zoomed out? Well, the good thing is Zoom isn't the only digital tool or any other video conferencing platform for that matter. And the funny thing is like even designers think of Zoom when they hear digital experience. But I want to encourage everybody listening today to go against the grain and just do something else. Think outside of the box, test out a new idea, see how it lands with designers and tweak and go from there. Okay. And as I mentioned before, designers are still thinking about Zoom when they hear digital. They probably are scarred from being on back-to-back Zoom meetings from 2020 until however long ago. But it's funny because on this subject, I recently chatted with a designer friend of mine, and her name is Katherine Miller, who is an associate designer at R.D. Jones in Baltimore. She's been a designer for 15 years, and I actually asked her, 
When interacting with industry reps since the news of the pandemic hit in 2020, were there any digital or hybrid interactions or experiences with reps that were unforgettable? And Catherine responded to me and she said, a lot of the reps tried to embrace the change. We had some reps that offered to order us lunch and have it sent to us to enjoy while we did a virtual presentation. It was very kind of them, but unnecessary. And so when Catherine shared this to me, a few things came to my mind. So one, when she thought of digital interactions, she automatically thought of Zoom presentations. What stood out for some reps was sending lunch, but she didn't feel that it was necessary to have lunch. And so if you're getting this feedback from designers that you work with as an interior product company, you can think, how can you think outside of the box without a Zoom presentation and offer a digital first or hybrid experience that can really engage a designer. And I'm going to go into some examples in a second. I also asked Catherine this question. And I said, on the contrary, there were reps that didn't embrace hybrid or digital experiences and still won't. Did the product that those people reps stay top of mind in your design process? If so, or if not, why? And Catherine said, to be honest, I didn't embrace the virtual product presentations. I felt like I had too many other things going on and didn't have time for them. I like the virtual CEU classes, but that's about it. (laughs) And that is perfectly fine. So we get back to these digital tools or digital experiences or digital first experiences. And what can that look like for a designer that's rejecting it altogether and still is rejecting it, even though we're in a time where people still have hybrid work, people still prefer virtual experiences. So what do you do without Zoom presentations? What else is there when you're thinking about digital first or digital experiences? Well, the first thing to think about is virtual reality and how people are experiencing your products and in spaces through things like virtual reality goggles. On season two, episode two of this podcast, I actually got to interview one of the principals of Mancini Duffy in New York, an amazing design firm. Her name was Jessica Manamato. And she shared how she and her team are able to render their designs and create virtual experiences with their designs for their clients who are end users. And during the design process, people are able to actually walk through this virtual space to really understand the look and feel of a space before it's actually even built out. So for you, how can you create similar experiences for designers or even aid them in their process, similar to Jessica's process at Mancini Duffy, to really enhance that virtual experience? The next thing when you think about, okay, how can I do this without Zoom presentations is really asynchronous collaboration. So I've been seeing a lot of things come up about synchronous collaboration and asynchronous collaboration. When it comes to synchronous collaboration, that would be hopping on a Zoom call, doing a presentation, having people give you feedback, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas asynchronous collaboration can still be a digital experience, but a designer might be sending a rep some information about their project. That rep takes that and goes and collaborates internally with their teams or maybe shops the collection, puts together a design package to send it back to the designer, and you're going on a back and forth collaboration that's not happening on the same time in a virtual room. 
right? So that's one way to think about digital tools or digital first experiences. Another way is to take advantage of tools that exist out there. A few months ago, I actually tuned into a Material Bank webinar and they went over the different tools that they had on their platform that allowed reps to create palettes and mood boards and different things like that and share it with designers. And then when designers see those palettes, they can automatically order samples off of Material Bank straight to their office or their front door. So there's tons of tools that exist that don't necessarily involve hopping on a virtual meeting. Another thing is incorporating QR codes, right? And physical touch points for easy access to information. Think about how are your designers currently shopping for materials? Is it in their libraries? Is it online? Is it on your website? Is it through social media? And how can you incorporate QR codes or some other type of innovative way for people to access the information they need immediately and integrate it into their project. All right, so I've went on that point for a while, but I want to move on to the last thing before we wrap up this episode, and that's reimagining in real life experiences. So when talking to my friend, Catherine Miller, I also asked her, the pandemic showed us that remote work is possible in the design industry. Most firms will keep hybrid moving forward Considering that our lives, design processes, and interactions with reps will have more digital experiences, what would you like to see from industry reps moving forward? Something new and different, the same you've been seeing. And Catherine said, I think it's hard to replace in-person product presentations with something digital. I want to be able to touch and feel products. Plus, the materials always look different on the screen than they do in real life. I also like to catch up with reps in person. So. When it comes to this and getting feedback from real designers, how can you start to reimagine that in real life experience to make it stand out? Because even though things might be digital first, the physical is never going away, right? Interior product companies or the interior design industry, we are built on the built environment, for lack of better words. So in real life experiences are here to stay. But it's time to shake things up a bit. It's time to innovate in a way that stands out. No more being in our comfort zones and doing the same things that we've been doing for years. But how can we leverage all of the tools that exist out there and the tools that are yet to exist out there to really stand out? So say I'm ABC Fabrics and I'm presenting at a trade show, right? That's a Typical in real life experience where you're getting face to face time with designers. What was shaking things up look like in this regard when you're thinking of digital first? Well, first, set up meetings in the booth, which sounds obvious, but what systems are you using to invite people through a digital platform to automatically schedule their meeting, to automatically get reminders? to guide them to where the booth is and easily find that booth within the larger scheme of the trade show. Next thing you could start thinking about is ABC Fabrics is like, okay, I have my fabrics. How can I create a fun shopping experience based on a project opportunity that that designer is currently working on? And then once they're in the booth, how will I capture them as a lead and follow up? That part sounds pretty simple, but 
I know for a fact, and I've seen every company that I've worked with rely on the lead capture to look like capturing their first name and email address, maybe through the tool that the trade show provides them. And then those leads are funneled into Salesforce and then sent out to whatever respective rep in whatever territory who covers that specific design firm, right? Great. But how about we take it up a notch? What does that follow-up look like that is standardized for every person that comes to the booth? Is there an auto email that sends those designers coordinating fabrics for what they shopped at the booth? Are there automatic emails that go to them after the trade show that shows project install images and success stories and case studies as soon as they leave the booth? Is there an expanded email campaign that follows up with them a day after, five days after, two weeks after, a month after the trade show that continuously adds value, shows them how to get in contact with their local rep and schedule an appointment with their rep, come into the local showroom, you name it, the list goes on, right? So in this real life experience, what are the digital touch points that will keep that designer engaged from coming into the booth, touching the fabrics, leaving with a fabric, and then going on about their merry way? So I know I said a lot today, and I could probably go on about that last point for a while, (laughs) but let's recap. Today, we talked about the idea of someone or a designer rejecting digital experiences or the traditional way that they think of it as digital equals Zoom meeting. And if that is the case, the three things that your interior product company can focus on are messaging, right? Getting super clear on your messaging and how you're delivering that through different touch points with designers, digital tools that already exist and how you're going to embrace them. And then really reimagining in real life experiences and integrating different digital tools to really engaging designers before they come to your trade show booth, while they're at the trade show booth, or even after. And these examples can go on and on in regards to in real life experiences with designers. But that was just one that I wanted to touch on today that I had top of mind. So did you find this interesting? Or maybe you're thinking, hmm. I'm thinking now, how could you use some help with this? Or I'd love to brainstorm with this. Then I'd love to chat with you. Please send me an email at hello at nicolashay.com. And after that, don't forget to head to thriveanddesign.co slash brand dash reps to purchase your 90-day planner for yourself or a sales rep on your team. So I look forward to hearing from you and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design. And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveindesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week.